This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Volume. Darwin. The nerves is where it's at. Welcome everybody back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson Driver and alongside me is Logan Camden. And today we are going to be previewing week four of NFL action, answering some of the biggest questions we have. But first, we got to react to a little bit of Thursday night football because this was a pretty big game. It felt like early in the season, Lions and Packers both sitting at 2-1-1, fighting for that NFC North supremacy, and the Lions were just completely dominant throughout this game. So what did you take away from this performance, Logan? Yeah, they were dominant, Carson, and I think that the Detroit Lions are a sleeping giant in the NFC, man. You just look at what this team can do at the line of scrimmage. You talk about dominating. I think that's where they dominated the most and where it's the mm -hmm. primary strength of this team, man. Their guys get pushed. They hold up. They buy a ton of time for Jared Goff back there in the pocket. And that's the foundation of a good football team that can do big things, man. They can win Super Bowls. That's the reality of it. Games are won and lost in the trenches, and the Lions are never going to be outmanned on that front. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. And they're really great at running the ball between the tackles. I mean, David Montgomery, three touchdowns tonight. That's another foundation of a really great football team. When you can do that all game long, play the time of possession game, keep, uh, keep drives going, and you don't have to rely on your quarterback a whole lot. Again, it's a recipe for success. And what is Jared Goff great out of, Carson? He's great out of play action. If you give him a running game, he's going to be able to play off of that really well. He's a great play action quarterback. The Rams went to the Super Bowl when they had Todd Gurley behind him on the ground. That was the foundation of that offense. And so those are both bonuses on offense. And I thought we saw the surrounding weapons uh, ball out again. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. He's one of the top 10, I think, receivers in all of football. Khalif Raymond is a good weapon. Laporta is a beast. I love him. I think they killed this yeah. draft with Jameer Gibbs, too as a receiving back. And then Ben Johnson is one of the best offensive coordinators in football. 
the big thing, Carson, this year is just how much better their defense is. They're number 30 in passing last year, 29 in rushing, 28 in scoring. Uh, they they uh, put this stat up in the first half. They got a 46 pressure rate with no blitzes. This yeah. season, they're top 10 in pressure rate. They're top five in defensive rushing yards per attempt. Uh, and they're above league average in defensive passing yards per attempt and, their, uh, and third down defense. I just think that, Carson, we've been saying this for a couple weeks now. We think that the Detroit Lions are the fourth best team in the NFC. And... I just think this is a real recipe for success that they could beat any team with, man. All this defensive talent. Alex Anzalone is a beast in the middle, man. Aiden Hutchinson and Aleem McNeil up front are beasts. Jack Campbell uh, is a great, another great rookie along with Brian Branch. I hope he stays healthy because I think he is an important cog to this defense, man. I just think we've seen a really impressive turnaround in terms of culture, Carson, from the Lions. And I think they could win a playoff game or two if they are on, if they are healthy. And... I don't know, man. I think we're seeing a bit of tides turning in the NFC North, too, dude. I think that this is the Lions division moving forward. I think Green Bay is going to be fine. I think they're a really good team uh, above average. I still think they're a playoff contender. But I think this is the Lions division moving forward, and the Packers are going to have to earn that back. Yeah, the Lions look head and shoulders above the rest of the division. And I think that they were the consensus pick to win the NFC North going into the year. I know that you were higher on the Packers, Logan, and you had them. But... I had the Lions, and I felt reasonably confident in that, but what we have needed to stress test with this team is not the offense that was already top five in football last year that maintained an elite offensive mind, that maintained an elite offensive line, a quarterback who really thrived in that role, cut down on his mistakes, was efficient, out of play action, did a good job of managing the game, their elite receiver, they added skill position talent with Jameer Gibbs. We had no reason to believe that this offense would regress. And honestly, through three weeks, it had been a bit underwhelming by Lions standards, and they were still sitting at 2-1. and one. The entire uh, point of emphasis has been, how improved is this defense really? It started off as a legitimately historically awful one last year, took major strides as the year went along, a young group progressing. They added more talent this year, and it is really showing. And I think that you highlight the strength that pass rush, man, is very legitimate. Aiden Hutchinson is a bona fide star. They are able to generate pressure without blitzing, which is so valuable. I don't view the Packers very highly as an offense, and I do want to see just a little bit more from this Lions defense. I think it's clearly improved. I think it's clearly solid. But we saw the Seahawks have a lot of success moving the ball on them. That Chiefs game, they did play well. That was a very strange performance from Kansas City. Down Travis Kelsey, Mahomes really out of sync with all the new receivers. They're not going to have a very imposing test for the next couple weeks, though. I do think it's a good defense. The one thing I will say that stands out to me watching this team, I love how they have been built. So strong in the trenches. I do think they've done a really good job building up the defense. I love Laporta. I thought he was a fantastic add and is so reliable as a middle-of-the-field target for Goff. The one decision that is feeling a bit strange right now is probably Jameer Gibbs. And he's incredibly dynamic in space. He has that explosive play potential that, as we've talked about before... I think this Lions offense kind of needs because they don't have a ton of high-end speed in the receiving core. David Montgomery's in that sort of dynamic, break-the-game-open-with-a-big-run kind of player. So it's nice to add that dimension. But just given how high they picked him, 12th overall, he is so clearly their number two back here because they are built on 
running the ball between the tackles, and Montgomery is just better at that, and it allows them to control the game in a way that very few teams do in today's NFL, it feels like, with that sort of run-first mentality so dominant down there. So I'm not sure that Gibbs' role right now is justifying that pick, given especially the slew of really talented defensive players that went right after him. If you wanted to go and try to get your lockdown corner, if that was Emmanuel Forbes, if that was Christian Gonzalez, if it was a pass rusher like Will McDonald, if it was Van Ness, who we saw the Packers take right after, there was a lot of defensive talent there. And right now, I wonder if that would be serving them a bit better, but I do believe in Gibbs, the talent. And I do still think that that dynamism is valuable, but I do think they have separated themselves right now to me from everybody other than the top tier of the Niners, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. They just don't really have holes. They're well coached. They're talented on both sides of the ball now. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They're a really good football team. For the Packers, it's been a bit more of a rocky road so far. They're sitting here at 2-2 two and two now. Last week, they had a impressive comeback win but it was also concerning that they had put up zero points on the Saints through three quarters we saw them sort of blow a lead to the Falcons and the Bears they blew out but the Bears just flat out suck so after tonight's performance how are you feeling about their prospects I think the Packers are going to be okay and I want to say one more thing about the Lions really quick too something Mm -hmm. that we see with trends with young defenses that I really like about Detroit is that we normally see defenses get better as the year goes along, and I just think it's promising with all these young guys too. Like, the Lions are an above-average defense right now. I think we could see them slowly climb into the top 10 uh, as the season goes along. I think Green Bay is going to be fine, Carson. I don't really have any worries about them. You think about how close this game could have been without another Quay Walker boneheaded mistake. Uh, We get a leaping penalty, which is super rare in 2023. It takes me back to when Peyton... You know, leaping, you know, the, nobody knows what uh, <laughs> what the call is. He got ejected from two games last year. You know, he shoved a Lions trainer, uh, and he, uh, I think, pushed another Giant staffer too. A, a bad decision from him. I mean, that's just such a crucial mistake uh, in the part of the game. It's the difference between a 30-17 game with two stops. Mm-hmm. You know, you need two TDs with eight minutes left and 34-17 with three possessions in five minutes. Now Jordan Love throws another interception uh, in that final drive. So it's not going to make a big difference on the, uh, you know, on the whole, but it is a decent difference where the Packers had a shot to at least make that a close game at the end. And Dan Campbell's has huge balls, man. To go for it, I still think on fourth and goal that late, I would have just kicked the field goal and, you know, taken my 13 points. Uh, Dan's just going to take it, man. I I think the Lions mm-hmm. are so exceptional. But the Packers are going to be fine, man. Bakhtiari's out of this game, too. I think he's going to get healthy. Uh, Aaron Jones is in a reduced role in this game. It's a lot of A.J. Dillon. I think he's going to get a lot more touches and be better. I think what we saw out of Christian Watson is promising. And I think I think Jordan Love was under a lot of duress tonight, man. I think partly of that is due yeah. to the injury to Bakhtiari. But it just had no time in the pocket. The Lions' pass rush was ferocious in this game. I think they're going to be better on that end, too. I just think the Packers are in a rough spot, and we see some love growing pains. Love has not been perfect throughout the start of this. Like, and I don't think he's a, I don't know where the Favre Rogers love. I guess that's just Packers fan delusion or something. I don't know where that came mm-hmm. from. I don't think Love is going to be that special kind of talent, but I think he can be a better game manager than this. And the ending pick too, I want to emphasize. I mean, that's just a miscommunication between the receiver, yeah. him and Dobbs, trying to improvise. That's going to you know show up as a pick on the stat sheet. It's just a, 
it's a mishap. So I think the Packers are going to get healthy, and I just think the Lions are a little bit better than them. I think that's what we saw in this game, so I'm not ready to hit the panic button. I think the Packers are average. I think they're a good team that's going to end up with like eight to nine wins this year, and that's okay. But I don't really see any higher ceiling for this team, mostly because of the limitations on offense, man. Jordan Love is just, he's just not an elevator right now where I think he can take this team up another level. For them to be true contenders, you know, that's what they need. Yeah, and I never saw that offensive ceiling with this team, and it's a reason that I were that I was lower on them than you. I think Love is solid, and I said it last week. I like him. I don't love him, and I swear that I did not mean <laughs> that to be a pun. I think that, as you put it, there are growing pains here. The biggest thing that has stood out to me through four weeks with him is the inconsistency of his accuracy, and I think that that's reflected First of all, on the completion rate that he comes into this game with a 53% completion rate. Very, very, very low for today's NFL. And I think that we've seen him miss some big opportunities downfield. I thought that he was fine in this game, but the concern to me is how much Green Bay has struggled to run the ball. Because your hope would be that could be the foundation in a situation like this with a star like Aaron Jones in the backfield with a young developing quarterback. And it just hasn't been the case. The Lions are a really good run defense, but the Packers have been one of the least efficient and least prolific rushing attacks in football. They're averaging like three yards per game at this point. So that's a problem. And it's also not a dynamic receiving core, as we knew. But you finally get Christian Watson back out on the field today. I thought that he was fine. So I like Luke Musgrave, actually. I think he's probably been the most promising overall uh, member of the young receiving core at tight end. There's just not a lot of dynamism. There's really not a lot of above average talent offensively. And I think that they're an above average defense, but a team like the Lions was just able to have their way against them. That's a really good offense, better than the Packers defense. So I agree. I think that they fall into the average range. I know that Love has the two picks today, and yeah, he'll make some mistakes, but I don't think he's overly mistake-prone. I think he's generally a good decision-maker. I do think that this defense gives them a reasonably high floor. So the Packers are fine. Definitely my second favorite team in this division, but I do think the Lions have separated from them. I do think the Packers are going to be able to rely on this running game moving forward. I know they've struggled, but you know Aaron Jones misses the last two weeks. Uh, doesn't get a ton of burn in this one. And, you know, they they had him on uh, like a little bit of a carries restriction, too, I think, because of the injury. And then they get on, uh, they have to play from behind, too, so they're just not able to rely on it. And I think this really speaks heavily uh, about the Lions in the trenches, man. I I think the Lions are just really stout there. I think that this team is going to be able to dominate any team that they come across uh, in the front. And that's why I'm glad that the Lions have invested so many early-round draft picks into the trenches, man. A lot of teams don't want to do it, but they've really rebuilt uh, their defense and offensive lines masterfully. I think it's something that teams need to adopt. It's it's how you win football games, man. And again, I think the Packers are going to be able to run the ball a little more, but I think you're right, Carson, and you know, take a, alleviate a little bit of the pressure off of Jordan Love. I don't think this is going to be a great running game the way we saw in years previous uh, with Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think they can be average, but they still haven't gotten great push. But like I said, man, I think this speaks way more. I think this speaks way more volumes about the Lions in the trenches than it does about the Packers' inability here uh, to run the ball. And I think they can supplement it a little more, too, if they struggle with Aaron Jones in the short passing game. 
But the Lions are one of the stoutest teams in the league in the trenches, man, and that's going to win you a ton of football games. Yeah, I mean, I do give props to the Lions front for sure. I just think we saw Green Bay struggle some to run the football against the Chicago Bears in week one with Aaron Jones out there. We saw them struggle this week with Aaron Jones back. A.J. Dillon, you would consider a high-level backup, a guy who they're going to give a significant share of the carries no matter what and they really struggled in weeks two and three they just haven't been able to establish that element of the game so i think it's a combination of the two but big win for the lions as they continue to build their resume let's talk about two teams who are going to be facing off who are really towards the top of the league at this point both in the afc east i am going to be there in buffalo to see it all go down logan but right now do you believe that the Dolphins or the Bills are the top dog in the AFC East? And how do you see this weekend going down? I'm going to take the Bills, and I'm going to take the Bills to win, too, statistically. I'm super pumped that you're going to be there, Carson. That's an awesome game to be at, especially yeah. at this position in the season. Uh, Josh yeah. Allen in his career at home is 28-11, and 11, and Josh Allen at home versus the Dolphins is 5-0. and 0, So just going with the track record, I think that's a tough place to play, man. All you raucous, rowdy, crazy Bills fans in the stadium – so I think the atmosphere is just going to be tough to play in. And then with it, you know, the Bills have been great at generating pressure right through the first couple of weeks. I don't think pressure is going to matter a ton in this game. And what I mean by that is just how the Dolphins get the ball out so fast with Tua. It's not really a matter of if your pressure can get home because within three seconds traditionally every play, the ball is already out of Tua's hand. So I think the key to this game is going to be the Bills slowing down the Dolphins' rushing attack. If they can take that element out, I trust the Bills' secondary to at least press the Dolphins' receiver and make it uh, and make it a lot tougher because, look, I think a lot of people with the trends, with how we overreact to stuff week to week, I think a lot of people are probably leaning the Dolphins because they just dropped the 70 piece. And I'm not saying you shouldn't believe in this offense, but again, that's against the Broncos. This is a different beast. And I think the Bills are going to be a lot more formidable. So I think the primary position battle to watch in this game is the linebackers against uh, the Dolphins over the middle of the field. That's where the Broncos repeatedly got burnt. Uh, on play action, uh, against the run, they couldn't stop anything. If Matt Milano and uh, Terrell Bernard can break out in this game and slow down the rushing attack and hold their own in the middle of the field, I think the Bills can win this game. And then I just think it's going to be a shootout, Carson. I think these are two of the top four teams in the AFC. I think it's going to be an absolute slugfest. Uh, but I believe in Josh Allen. I believe in him not having a game like week one he did against the Jets. Uh, and I believe in this being the best surrounding Bills team around Josh at home. I don't know if this is going to tell us who's the better team. Again, I hold these teams in uh, very high regard uh, among the hierarchy, but I'm going to give the edge to the Bills this week and moving forward because I think they're going to win and hold their own at home. But I think you're looking at an absolute battle of the Titans here, Carson. Yeah, I buy into the Bills more as well. And I do want to see the Dolphins find success against higher level competition. And that's not to say that I don't buy the Dolphins as being damn good, because I obviously do. And they are elite and the cream of the crop offensively. But it's just a matter of where do they fall in that upper echelon. They have gone crazy against two really bad defenses with the Chargers and the Broncos. And they still played a good offensive game against a top 10 sort of defense from New England. But it wasn't close to the level of explosiveness that we've seen from them. And they put up 24 in that game. And 
I actually think the Bills defense is a little bit better even than New England. Certainly on par with them at the least, but they're on pace for their third straight season as a top two scoring unit defensively. I expected a bit of regression this year with some aging in the secondary. As I said, it's just hard to sustain elite defenses for year after year like that. But man, this defense looks really good and like it might be the most talented that they've had with the improvement up front, specifically in terms of the pass rush. And you say that pressure doesn't necessarily matter because of how fast they get the ball out and they get the ball out faster than anybody else. I do think though that the Bills have a very good formula because they are top four in pressure rate and sacks while being bottom three in blitz rate. And their linebackers can cover over the middle of the field and the secondary is damn good. So to me, it's the combination of covering at a high level, pressuring at a high level, not blitzing. Tua has been incredible against the blitz so far this year, just dissecting, making great quick decisions with the ball. So that to me is a spot where you say, okay, maybe we can actually start to disrupt this offensive rhythm. And the Bills have ball hawks out there, man. They already have nine takeaways through three weeks, so they will punish mistakes. I do think that the run defense actually has to prove itself. It's been an up and down start to the year for the Bills there. They let up the really explosive run to Brees in week one. And then they really shut down Josh Jacobs and the Raiders rushing attack. And this past week, the commanders weren't able to run the ball a ton, but Brian Robinson actually did have success when he got those opportunities. And we know that Miami can run the ball. It's not their identity, but they proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt this past week. They have explosive speed there. The line is good. I do think that the Bills run defense is solid with that front, the linebacking core, but I don't think it's the strength of this defense. It's not matching up against the strength of the Miami offense, though, where I do think they are pretty well equipped. Nobody is going to shut Miami down. I think that's out of the equation. The weapons are too good. The play calling is too good. Tua is too accurate, too smart with the football, too quick. But this is a good defense to challenge them. And then I really need to see more from the Dolphins defense because I still view it as a pretty mediocre unit at this point. It's not an overly imposing pass rush. I think that the Bills are running the football a lot better with James Cook. They should be able to find some success there. I'm just not super impressed by what I've seen from the Dolphins so far. I thought that the Chargers had a ton of success offensively. I thought that they played well against the Pats, but that Pats offense sucks and put up 17 against them is averaging 17 a game overall. So to me, it comes down to having a lot more faith in the Bills defense, believing that that unit is elite and that the Dolphins is much more average and the quarterback position. Tua is a top 10 quarterback, but Josh Allen is a top two quarterback. He is the rare, true elevator, regardless of circumstance, that sort of dominant force. And I think that he's going to find a lot of success against a relatively uninspiring Miami defense to me. So those two factors mean a ton. And I also think this is the most balanced Bills offense. And so some of the shortcomings we've seen in years past where they can't establish the run and they become overly reliant on superhuman Josh Allen for extended stretches, I think they're going to be a little bit less prone to that this year. So I view them as the more complete, overall talented football team, both sides of the ball, with the best quarterback. That really matters to me. But we'll see. It's certainly a big, big test for both teams. And yeah, I'm very excited to be there, man, because it's 
might be the game of the year. I mean, they are looking like the absolute elite teams in the AFC alongside the Chiefs. I think all respect to the Ravens and the Browns, who we're actually about to talk about, but those three have probably looked the best so far. But the Ravens and the Browns are showing down this weekend. Logan, another big-time divisional matchup. Who do you have more faith in between those two teams as potentially the division winner here? Right now, I think that the Cleveland Browns are going to win this football game, primarily because uh, all the injuries that we see from Baltimore, they're still hampered. I'm just not confident in picking Baltimore they played a good game against Indianapolis. I think a lot of people are going to take that out of context. Oh, they lost. You know, they're they're bad. I do think it is cause for concern, though. A normal Baltimore team is not playing around with them. But these are guys that are out right now that still have not practiced. Uh, Rashad Bateman, OBJ, Marlon Humphrey, David Ojabo, and Odafi Owe. Lindenbaum and Stanley are limited, and Kyle Hamilton's limited, too. I think Kyle Hamilton is breaking out this year. He had an, He's had an awesome start to this season. So I just think that the injuries are really going to matter. And I like the Browns a lot, man. Like, I think the Browns are a legitimate contender, especially what we've seen out of the defense. They have been by far the best defense in the league to start this season. Granted, they've not played the best offenses, but it is impressive. Like, you hold Derrick Henry and completely shut him down like they did. Again, good units don't play with their food. The Browns still dominated the Steelers' offense. Uh, through three weeks, uh, under 11 points per game allowed. That is frankly uh, absurd. Uh, they have number one passing defense, the number two rushing defense. They're number one in pressure rate. Again, when you look at all the units on this Cleveland Browns team, this is what me and Carson have been saying for three weeks now, they don't really falter anywhere. They've got a great secondary. They've got reliable guys over the middle. They've got one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. They have arguably the best offensive line in football. They're strong. They are strong in the trenches. And then it's skill positions. You've got a legit number one receiver in Amari Cooper in the backfield. I know that Nick Chubb went down. He is one of the best running backs in football year in, year out. I'm still praying for a speedy recovery and for him to get back to 100%. I love watching him play ball. Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt can hold their own. Uh, Ford and Hunt also dealing with injuries this week. I hope they're healthy for this game. But the one variable we've been talking about this is Deshaun Watson, and he looked really, really good last week. He had two comical ones, Carson. Early in the game, when he falls on his face, Daniel Jones style, off of a play-action fake, gets up, completes a pass, and then another one where he throws it backwards for a fumble. But he had a lot of time in the pocket that his offensive line bought for him. He looked really calm in the pocket. He did a great job of evading pressure and sacks when that pressure did get home, and he was throwing dots, man. Something we have not seen from Deshaun in you know, frankly, over half a season. Uh, just great touch, great balls uh, on deep shots, too. That's what really impressed me. Deshaun has been extremely inaccurate on go routes and throws towards the sideline. He was dropping balls in buckets against the Tennessee Titans. Granted, again, that is against a pretty poor secondary. He was still on his A game. Look, the bottom line to me, Carson, is if the Deshaun Watson plays like a top-10 quarterback, like the quarterback that we saw in Houston I think the Browns are bona fide Super Bowl contenders with every other unit on this team. If he plays like a top 10 QB, I think that the Browns could be contending for a Super Bowl, and that's why I buy in on them moving forward. I need to see the healthy Ravens moving forward. I'm just not confident in them with how they've been bit by the injury bug. I think the Browns win this game, and I know that's counterintuitive, right? They lose to the Steelers. That's a fluky game to me. The Steelers' defense just utterly dominated and suffocated uh, the Browns' offense the way they can do teams. And again, Nick Chubb gets hurt in that game. He's one of the biggest difference makers in football when he's on the field. 
Even with him out, though, like I said, if Deshaun can elevate himself to where he's doing this week to week, I think the Browns could contend for a Super Bowl. I'm I'm aboard, man. I think the Browns might be the best team in the AFC North. Right now, my hierarchy, Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. How about you, Carson? I think the Browns are extremely talented, and I would probably lean towards taking them to win this week, given that they're at home, given all of the injuries to the Ravens, and both these teams have been totally bit by the injury bug. The Browns, with the devastating season-ending injuries to both Conklin and Chubb, two of their elite players. The Ravens basically off-rip lose J.K. Dobbins for the season, and then, as has been the case for them year after year, it feels like a flurry of injuries to some of their really valuable starters, as you mentioned. Hopefully, that can clean up as the year goes along. I did really buy into the Ravens' football talent, on both sides of the ball, I had them as my number one seed in the AFC before the year, maybe hoping for a little bit more help than they, health than they've had in recent years, and it hasn't gotten off to that start. This Browns defense is excellent, and it's really about the front. It's the best pass rush in football statistically so far in terms of pressure rate, and it's been the best run defense in football. It does come down to a faith in the quarterback position and the overall offense, though, and I still buy into the Ravens more there. Lamar hasn't looked the sharpest. He hasn't looked perfect through a few weeks, and it is a, an adjustment in terms of system. We're seeing more traditional dropbacks, more pocket passing from him than probably ever before, but I think he's been solid there. I think he's making good decisions with the football. I think he's accurate. I think he's been largely efficient. They haven't had a ton of explosiveness there. And it is the most talented receiving core that he's had. Zay Flowers is awesome. Mark Andrews working his way back from an injury. Odell is hurt now. They just haven't really been able to put everything together. But even with the loss of Dobbins, I think it's a dominant rushing attack. And defensively, they don't quite have the Browns front. But it's an elite secondary, an elite linebacking core, and still a really good front and pass rush. But I just believe in Lamar as an elite offensive engine, as he has been throughout his entire career when he sets foot on the field. Just an absolute game-changing player. He's going to make you an elite rushing attack, and he's really grown into a damn good thrower of the football as well. And I haven't seen enough from Deshaun. One good week against a terrible pass defense is not enough to outweigh the eight straight pretty much bad weeks that we saw from him where he's inaccurate, where his pocket feel is off, where he's not making good decisions with the football, not working through his progressions effectively, relying too much on his athleticism, bailing out of good pockets. It's just way more concerning stuff that we've seen from Deshaun since he came back last year than there is good. If he plays at a top 10 quarterback level, yes, I would buy into the Browns more. I think this team is crazy talented. But given that I do think the run game, which is really the foundation, it'll still be good, but I think it takes a step back without Chubb, and I'm just not sold on Watson yet, I still believe more in this Ravens team that I feel really can only go up from here because it's been sort of an underwhelming start to the year, but I buy into the talent a lot. We are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. 
Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code NERDS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code NERDS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Okay, let's talk about two teams that are not at all looking strong, Logan, that we are not talking about as potential division winners. I should say there's two matchups left between the winless football teams remaining in the NFL. Somebody's going to get a win out of these two pairings. Somebody is going to remain winless. Let's start with Bears-Broncos, maybe the two biggest disasters of this year. Who do you think is still winless after this game? Absolute dumpster fires, man. Yeah. I'm going to go with the uh, Chicago Bears. They're going to be winless. I think the Chicago Bears are the biggest just stain in the NFL right now, man. I feel bad for Bears fans. This is a disaster uh, of a season. And I know the Broncos just got dropped 70 beast, right? I mean, this is really just the... <laughs> oh my gosh, this is such a perfect football matchup. I think the Broncos are just <laughs> I think the Broncos are just are just better, man. Russell Wilson has been getting a lot of criticism and I've been uber critical of Russ. You know, I didn't hold back against him coming into this season. I wanted so many other quarterbacks than Russ. I thought he was completely washed. Russ has legitimately made me turn my head. I think Russell Wilson is still average to mediocre. I think he's okay. He's not perfect. He's not what he once was, but he's an okay quarterback. And I think there's still weapons here where the Broncos can make plays. Marvin Mims Jr. broke out last game, had 195 yards. He is an explosive kind of playmaker. I think the Broncos just have more of those guys and they at least have a offensive identity. They at least have something that they can go to. Sean Payton mm -hmm. in the passing game with Russell Wilson, and they've got Javante Williams in the backfield, right? They have stuff that they can do offensively, and P. Ryan. The Bears have absolutely nothing offensively. Yeah. They are completely lost. They need a map, man. Justin Fields does not want, know what he's doing when he drops back. It is just... He's clueless. Like, I don't really yeah. know any other way to put it. He is lost back there in a way that I have rarely seen few quarterbacks. And because of that, because of the battle line, because of the stupid weapons, because of the the aura, the feel around this team where everybody seems like they have given up and thrown in, they've thrown in the towel this season. Honestly, the Bears of this year feel like the Broncos of last year, where we had all these high expectations. People are picking Fields to win MVP. They're picking the Bears to go worst to first, and they have fallen flat on their face. I expect nothing out of the Chicago Bears moving forward. I think Eberflus might get canned mid-year. Mm -hmm. I am predicting the worst-case scenario for the Bears moving forward, and I think the Broncos are going to fight back to average. But, again, Carson, I think this is going to dictate a lot of the trajectory moving forward. The Broncos desperately need a pickup after Garrett Bowles. All we've done is lose for seven years. After getting 70-pieced, mm -hmm. momentum and 
game to game, it matters so much more in the NFL than any other one. And I think this could drastically change the trajectory of both of these teams. They need a win to give some confidence in their facilities moving forward. Because uh, it's not going to be a good feeling whichever uh, side you end up on. Honestly, ideal scenario for this game. We get a tie and both of these teams feel horrible after this game. And it's just weird and stinky. But I think the Broncos are less weird and less stinky. So I'm going to take them to win this game. I think that they're pretty clearly better. And look, they absolutely suck. And I think that this defensive regression is difficult to overstate. This was a top five unit consistently last year. And I thought that... They were abysmal in every way against the Dolphins. I thought that their overall scheme, I thought that the awareness of of most of the players out there, I thought that their tackling in space, I thought that their coverage, I thought that their ability to generate pressure, it was like every single box you could check, they were just awful in. And after a really bad performance the week before against Sam Howell and the Commanders that Maybe people didn't really appropriately react to how bad that was, that they were able to hang 35 on Denver because the Bills absolutely ate them alive and Sam Howell was able to hold on to the football for extended times and comfortably make throws downfield against Denver. That unit is just flat out bad. But yeah, at least they're capable at something. And I do think that they're capable offensively. They're a solid rushing attack. Russell Wilson is a solid quarterback. The Bears have nothing, like you said, and I think that they really might be marching towards a clean house situation, which is crazy because you're in year two with Eberflus, you're in year two with Ryan Poles, but those guys have just really fumbled this situation, and building around Justin Fields has been a disaster. And I think that we've seen he is one of the worst decision makers. He is one of the worst pure throwers of the football. His awareness, his pocket feel, it's just catastrophically bad. And this guy is not a starter in the league. When you put together three disaster classes in a row like he has done here, you can talk about the weapons not being great. You can talk about the line not being good. But man, this dude is just not a starting NFL quarterback. He's one of the most dynamic athletes we've ever seen at the position. But it doesn't matter when you are this atrocious as a pocket passer. So he's not being helped by the situation, but he is bad. This defense, none of the signings have paid off in any sort of meaningful way. It's a brutally bad defensive unit. I think the Bears are on another level. I think that they're pretty clearly the worst team in football right now. And I didn't have the highest hopes, but I did think they'd step forward and be competitive and be a six or seven win team and maybe Fields would be helped a bit by having a legit number one receiver in DJ Moore. And maybe the defensive signings would help them avoid being arguably the worst in football for back-to-back years. And yet somehow everything looks worse. Fields looks considerably worse than he did in the second half of last year, which was already sort of toggling the line. I think the Broncos are clearly better. The other matchup is Vikings-Panthers, Logan. The 13-win Vikings are sitting here at 0-3. Who could have seen it coming? Who do you think leaves this one winless? I would I would say the Panthers. Uh, again, when you're looking at, at teams, you try to look at one unit where they really excel. I don't think the Panthers really excel at either uh, side of the football. I think the Vikings are a great offense, or at least a... Mm-hmm above-average offense, right? Kirk can air the ball out when they're down to Jordan Addison, to Justin Jefferson, to Hawkinson. There's just there's weapons there. The line is okay, and Kirk is an above-average quarterback that can put up points. And 
the Panthers just haven't really shown me they can do anything. Now, it's weird to me, man, because I think Andy Dalton showed us last week that if you put an average quarterback in a situation like that, that they can go out there and win games, right? I think Dalton honestly gives the Panthers a better shot to win now than Bryce Young does. But again, Bryce Young is their guy. Uh, They took him number one overall. You just got to get him back out there on the field and get him reps. And that's also something that I want to emphasize, that I love what the Panthers are doing, what the Texans are doing, what the Colts are doing with their young quarterbacks. You're not putting all the pressure on them like the Bears are doing with Justin Fields, right? Week to week, you just want to see incremental improvement. You Mm want to see something that you can build upon, right? Uh, Fields has given us nothing to build upon, right? A guy like Zach Wilson has really given us nothing to build upon. We've at least seen promising things from these quarterbacks where we go, okay, maybe they could be average. Maybe they could be great, right? Maybe they could be good. We've seen nothing from those two guys. But with Bryce, I've seen encouraging things. I like his pocket awareness. I like how he reads the field and makes his progressions, right? Everybody said in leading up to the draft, this guy's like a a point guard. He's like a Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. He's undersized. Yes, he's small. He may not have the biggest arm, but he can at least read the field. That's the one promising thing, but I still think Bryce is pretty limited. So if if there's a big game where Bryce is going to ball out, it has to be this one, right? This is an atrocious Vikings defense. To me, I want to see a breakout game from Bryce Young because this is one of the worst defenses he's going to play against. I love Brian Flores, and I think that they're a little bit better from last year, but I still don't think they're good. Mm -hmm. This is maybe where I would throw up the panic flag, where we've seen a lot of promising things from Richardson. We've seen a lot of promising things from Stroud. If Bryce struggles against this unit, I would really be concerned after this week because he hasn't really wowed me yet. Bryce has shown me he's capable of doing average things. This is where I want to see him show me that he can do great things against a bad defense. If we don't see that in this one, Carson... I'm a little worried because Dalton showed us what this offense is capable of with an average QB. Bryce, show Mm -hmm. me you can be at least average with this team and use your weapons. I still think the Vikings are going to put up a lot of points on the Panthers, and that's what they're going to win. But the Panthers can get a moral victory if we see a good Bryce Young game. There's no question that out of this pretty hyped-up QB class, C.J. Stroud has been the most impressive. We haven't seen two full games out of Anthony Richardson because of his injury, but he looked more impressive than Bryce too, not only because of the incredible athletic tools, but he was making generally good decisions with the football and was pretty accurate and the arm talent was popping and Stroud has just been fantastic, looks more comfortable, has made fewer mistakes, has made more big time throws, is crazy accurate. That dude is balling. Bryce did not look like that through two weeks I don't think that there's much that this Carolina team does well really bottom line and I think you laid it out this is a Vikings team that is going to be able to move the football on you through the air now they may not have the per game scoring average to totally reflect that at this point because they have been bit by the turnover bug in a crazy way they have nine turnovers through three weeks a vast majority of those being fumbles which is kind of crazy But they've been able to move the football on anybody, and it's a super dynamic passing attack. They're not running the ball well. Yeah, they can't get a lot of stops. But that's why I thought that this would still be like an eight-win team, even though it was clear that they were fraudulent as a 13-win team, because of the floor that Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkins, and the entirety of the passing attack is just very good. I would be surprised if they didn't win this game, and that would be really concerning for Minnesota if you start 0-4. And that might be the sort of thing that propels them to the end of 
the Kirk Cousins era, which I don't think is the problem here. We've talked about it. Kirk is good. Yes, he's not in the elite tier, but he's legitimately good. Your offense is good. Your defense is abysmal. And that's the problem that needs to be addressed. And they've got a whole lot of overhauling that they need to do on that side of the ball. But an 0-4 start, man. Head start to roll coming off of a 13-win season. All right. Speaking of heads rolling, Logan, will this be Zach Wilson's last week as the starter for the New York football Jets? I think so, Carson. I think this is going to be Zach Wilson's uh, last game as the starting quarterback of the New York football Jets. And I always go back to something one of the greatest coaches in NFL history said when evaluating quarterbacks. Bill Walsh said it, you need 24 games to evaluate and know what you got in a QB. And guess what? We've seen Zach Wilson in 24 football games. He's 8-16. and 16. He has one total touchdown per game to one total turnover per game for 193 total yards per game on 55% completion. I mean, the reality is, is that football teams are not just the talent that you have on the field. You are not just the coordinators that you have calling the plays. It, momentum and confidence in a guy is a huge part of that. And I just don't think the New York Jets have confidence in Zach Wilson, the guys around him. To get all of your guys to play great, they need to have confidence in the guy that is under helm at the QB position to buy in. They're going to play harder. They're going to fight harder. They're going to believe. And you need a guy who's a leader at that position. I don't think Zach's good, and I don't think he's a leader. And I just think you need to make a change to get some fire under the other players in this locker room, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. You've already suffered through a season of Zach Wilson. Yeah, he had a positive win record. They were 5-4, and four, but he had six TDs, seven picks, 1,700 yards on 54% completion with a new coordinator. And I get it. It's not been ideal circumstances. He's gone up against some really tough units. You're 0-2, two TDs to four picks, 467 yards on 52% completion. I get it. They've played the Pats. They've played the Cowboys. They've played the Bills. Those are three really tough defensive units to go up against if you're Zach Wilson. But he hasn't even proven he can be average against those units. They just signed Trevor Simeon. You see the beef with Garrett Wilson on the sideline throwing a bit of a tantrum. The writing's on the wall to me. You have the blow up on the sideline. You sign a free agent quarterback. A uh, friend of the show, Peyton T. Gallagher, Carson, one of his favorite quotes, when there's smoke, there's fire, and I think there's a fire coming. The fire's yeah. under Zach Wilson's ass, and I think Trevor Simeon is going to be the starting QB next week. He's giving you nothing. And honestly, Carson, I, I, I haven't wanted to believe in it, but he hasn't proven he can be great at any aspect of the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. In terms of talent, he's sucked. In terms of leadership, he is sucked. There's nothing really to buy in with Zach Wilson. And again, man, Bill Walsh said 24 games. I've seen 24 games. I think Joe Namath's right, man. I think we just got a dud. Oh, he sucks, dude. He sucks so, so bad. And I think that's (laughs) been clear for a while. To me, it's going to be Simeon going forward, and it's got to be such a bummer for the Jets that the sort of high-end backups who they were rumored to be potentially trying to make a move for or who at least logically made sense – Andy Dalton, well, I think that Carolina certainly needs him. He just had to start a game for them. Bryce is slight. He might get hurt again. Hopefully not. But at the very least, I think they want to have a high-end backup option there. Jameis is having to take over as a starter. Those dudes are needed right now. Jacoby Brissett is the other real high-end backup who stands out. I think that Washington wants to hold on to him. So 
it's going to be Simeon. I don't think that they're going out and picking somebody up who is really of a better stature. Simeon's not good. He's not good at all. He's not very accurate. He offers no creation. I don't think that he has very good pocket awareness. But there is regular bad, and then there is chaotic, abysmal. I have no idea what I'm doing. I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off, and there's no chance I make something good happen, and a very significant chance I make something catastrophically awful happen. And that is Zach Wilson, man. I mean, you mentioned the inefficiency, the turnover proneness with the lack of good to make up for it. He doesn't create good stuff. If he extends a play, he's probably going to miss a dude with a throw. Like he's just all over the place and accurate. And you see it last game. New England handed them on a silver platter opportunities to get back into that game with their own offensive incompetence. And did anybody seriously think for a second, oh yeah, Zach Wilson is going to drive them down the field here? No. What do you expect him to do? To be overwhelmed and flustered and take a safety when that is just an absolutely horrible outcome. And then he gets the ball back and what do you expect? Well, the offense completely stagnates. You get to a fourth and 10 and he goes, what if I take the check down in the flat to the dude who's got a DB closing in on him quickly? It's just a guy who has no understanding of how to play the position and whose physical tools I think were overstated as a prospect and certainly don't make up for the fact that his brain is a complete and utter mess and his arm is wildly inaccurate. I don't think you can proceed with Zach Wilson because he's not regular bad. He's not game manage. Oh man, maybe he misses that one or two painful throws a game and he's not giving you anything good and he's only completing 59% of his passes, but he's not stabbing you in the foot over and over again. When you have a great defense, like just give me bad, but closer to capable. And I think that that's what they're striving for here with Simeon, but it's going to be a bad offense, dude. It's going to be a really, really bad offense. And I do wonder how this team would look even with Aaron Rodgers out there because they cannot run the football right now. They have been bottled up completely on the ground over the last two games. Their line sucks in terms of both getting push for the run game and in terms of pass protection. The weapons outside of Garrett Wilson are underwhelming. Like, Zach is awful, but this entire offense is awful. And I think that this team is in for a really underwhelming season. I think that they're clearly going to be fourth in the AFC East, and it is a miracle that they won that Bills game. And it was in the moment. They got one of the worst Josh Allen games ever. He threw four or turned the ball over four times, and they won it on a punt return touchdown. That offense wasn't going to do anything. But it has only become more and more clear how atrocious this offense is, and there's no caliber of defense that can make up for that. Say something insane happens, Carson. The Vikings open up 0-6, haven't won a game. Who says no? Kirk for like a second or third round pick. That would be really weird all around. If I were the Jets, I would do that because I honestly think that you could be a legit playoff team with Kirk at the helm. I don't know if that would work cap-wise, but what do you think? I don't think it would matter with a cap because I think after the season starts, I think the Vikings would like pay the rest of his salary and they would just do a swap. But I mean, yeah, I'd do it too. I don't think it's, I think it's unreasonable. Honestly, man, I would exhaust. I don't know if I would exhaust my options at QB, but I would at least try to get other guys in there. Like, look, man, 
screw keeping Zach Wilson's confidence there and screw keeping him as an asset because I don't think a team would be willing to give up a seventh round pick for Zach Wilson right now. I'd hire a bunch of guys. I'm not cutting Zach. I'd just move him to the bench. You know, you're not going to play. Sorry. And I'd get some other guys in there because like you said, Carson, with a defense this good, we have seen teams trot out regular bad quarterbacks and win Mm -hmm. games and at least be you know, six to seven win teams. Trevor Simeon, dude, literally Trevor Simeon. I mean, he might have a winning record as a starter or close to it, at least in those Denver years. I think he had a winning record. He's playing with good defenses. Exactly right. Like just somebody to hold the defense's hand. And again, somebody where this locker room can at the end of the day go, this guy can at least hold us in games and not mess stuff up. They need a change. And I sense after a drubbing from the Chiefs, again, against a good defense, I think this is going to be a bad game, and I think we're going to see Simeon take over. Trevor Simeon, in his Denver career, 13-11, and 11, giving you 30 TDs to 24 picks, and he's just eclipsing 200 yards a game, and he's got a QBR of about 40, but he doesn't actively screw you as much as Zach Wilson does. Okay, last thing we're going to touch on here, Logan. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Who do you think is in more danger of being upset this week? The Steelers going up against the Texans or the Cowboys against the Patriots? To me, it's a no-brainer. I'm taking my Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm never betting on the Dallas Cowboys again. I'll say that. Until the Dallas Cowboys win a Super Bowl, I'm putting a personal ban on myself from wagering on on the Dallas Cowboys to win a football game. I just think it's it's unruly. They can disappear at any given moment. And I think it's tough. I just don't think New England can put up points on the board. It's a tough matchup, right? If you were an offense that had any kind of explosivity, I might give you a little credence. I do think Dallas needs to worry moving forward without Trayvon Diggs, one of the best corners in the league. I know a lot of people rag on him. Oh, he just gets interceptions, yada, yada. Trayvon's one of the best corners in the league, and I think that's a thing to be worried about. But can the Pats expose that? No. It's Mac Jones. It's lackluster receiving weapons. I don't think that's something that they can really expose in this game and I think it could be close again the Pats defense could limit the Cowboys offense this could be a close game but I think the Cowboys are going to win on the other side what's something that you can pick on 
against the Steelers. If the Steelers' defense is not absolutely elite against C.J. Stroud, if the Texans have a couple of explosive plays, I get a lot of this has been in garbage time with the Texans, but they really showed out against the Jaguars last week. If you have a couple of those explosive plays to Nico Collins, to Dell, to Bobby Trees, to Dalton Schultz, take your pick. If Trout connects on two or three of those plays in this game, that could be the difference maker because I don't think the Steelers' offense can move the football. That matters. If the Texans pop off for a few big plays, that could be the difference in this football game. The Texans have showed us they have that kind of ceiling as an offense. Now, the track record isn't good. Uh, the uh, the Steelers are 23-4 and in the Tomlin era versus rookie quarterbacks. They lost to Troy Smith, they lost to Brandon Whedon, they lost to Carson Wentz, and they lost to Dak Prescott. So it's a little weird, but normally our defenses are stout against rookie quarterbacks, and it's hard to do that against teams like that. So I wouldn't pick against either of these teams in this game, but to me this is a no-brainer that these Steelers are at a much, uh, much higher uh, probability of losing this football game. Carson, they've been the second worst offense in the NFL behind Zach Wilson's Jets. It's a real stat. Like, I mean, they just, they're on that level as an offense. So if the Texans do it, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this game, man. And the last loss, this is just kind of an interest, interesting look at uh, football history. The last loss the Steelers have to a rookie quarterback was David Carr under Bill Cowher. Now, that took Tommy Maddox having five turnovers, three of them pick sixes for the Texans to win that football game. But still, it's just funny how that collides. So I'm much more worried about the Steelers against C.J. Stroud and this explosive Texans offense than I am against the sputtering New England Patriots offense against the Dallas Cowboys. I agree completely. And I think that you articulated why it comes down to one favorite being really limited offensively and the other underdog being really limited offensively. And yeah, the Pats do have a damn good defense and the Cowboys just had a really disappointing offensive performance, but I still think they can really run the football. I think that Dak is going to find something of a rhythm and at least play better than he did last week and overall through the first three weeks. And the Pats are the number 26 scoring offense right now. They are tied for last in the league in explosive passing plays and they haven't been able to run the ball. So I think the Cowboys would need multiple big self-inflicted errors to lose a game like this. Not that they're incapable of that. And the Pats, of course, are solid. I just really do think that the Cowboys are that talented. I know they're coming off of a bad performance, really on both sides of the ball, especially offensively. I still believe in the talent, the elite pass rush, and the strength of the overall defense, the foundation of a really balanced offense, damn good running the ball, damn good throwing it. And this is a big bounce back spot for them where I think that they're going to come through because that's a team that first two weeks played with a level of hunger, a level of physicality, a level of I want to crush your will that regardless of the opponent is impressive. I do think that they have that within them. And I think we see it this week. And yeah, CJ Stroud can sling it, man. CJ Stroud can really move the football down the field and he will hang in the pocket and he will make big throws. And... They're not a good football team. They haven't shown the ability to run it at all. They've been basically the worst rushing attack in football. They have a very banged up line as they have the last couple weeks against an elite pass rush. Their defense doesn't really do anything well. So they're far from being a good football team, but they have the potential to do what they did against Jacksonville. And that is rely on their incredibly talented young quarterback. And the Steelers have just been bad at everything offensively. 
They're 30th in points per drive. They're 29th in yards per attempt running the ball. And we've talked a lot about their struggles there. The line has struggled. Kenny is not making good decisions, has not been accurate, hasn't give you creation, has really made too many mistakes at this point. So the Steelers are a candidate to get beaten by anybody because they might score 10 points in any given week. And then in fact, against the Browns, they would have if they didn't have this miraculously great defense. So I think that they do have the more potential to get upset, but I still think this defense is too good. And I think it may kind of eat the Texans alive. Like it's a pretty big mismatch in terms of the line of scrimmage. So I would pick the Steelers, but like you, I agree. They have more potential to go down. For sure. And that is the reality of the situation with Pittsburgh is that that's why we want Matt Canada gone is that we have the propensity to lose any football game that we walk into. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just such a, it balances the Steelers out with this defense. We can have such crazy dominant performances like the Browns where we have two defensive touchdowns that singularly propel us to win that football game. We did it uh, probably six or seven or seven times, two years ago when TJ Watt won defensive player of the year, he single-handedly swung all those games. The Steelers can do that, but it is frustrating. Again, the Texans are not going to have to play a great football game to mm-hmm. beat us. That is where you want teams to play up to their level. The Texans can have a few shot plays, and I think it could swing this game. I probably still would take the under, man. I cannot imagine 42 points. Like I know the Texans are explosive, but that seems a little high, man. Yeah. Uh, or is the Steelers' offense going to put up three touchdowns? No, they're not. I wouldn't pick it because I think you're right. I think our defense can singularly swing games, but I think there's a lot to like in C.J. Stroud in this Texans offense, man. Their their line has held up remarkably well with backups, and Stroud has looked like a legitimate baller, man. I think he's their franchise guy, dude. I love what I've seen from C.J. Stroud. Totally, totally agree. And that's part of why it's so remarkable to me when we hear people clinging on to something with Zach Wilson, not as much now, but a couple weeks ago. Felt like there was a faction that thought maybe he was going to figure it out. And that's not to say that you can tell with a guy within a few weeks, right? Look at how long Jordan Love has been sitting and he comes out and he looks solid. I don't know that we can have a decisive take on him at this point, already having been in the league for multiple years. But I feel like you can tell when a guy is legit really good, like CJ Stroud, and when a guy is legit really awful, like Zach Wilson. And uh, I feel that that is the case for both of them. So there you have it, guys. We will be back after the action, but we're going to go after Monday Night Football this week because I'm going to be traveling coming back from Buffalo on Monday, so we won't have a good chance to record. But we'll have plenty of thoughts on that game, which is a big one, and we'll have plenty of thoughts on another fun week of NFL football. So if you enjoyed this show, As always, you can subscribe to the Volume YouTube page to get every show with video. You can listen to us across audio platforms. You can follow us on social, TikTok and Instagram at NerdSesh, Twitter at Nerd underscore Sesh. Stay tuned in for all of our trivia content there and you'll see some clips from the show. You can also join our Discord at the link tree across our social media bios just to talk football, basketball, be a part of our community. You can buy our merch at thevolume.com. That is also linked in our link tree. We've got hats we've got shirts we've got hoodies we've got the flags behind us you can check all of that out and with that as always appreciate you guys i've been carson brabber i've been logan camden and this was nerd sash getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.